Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. First of all, how y'all feeling? Feeling good? Do me a favor, just stand up real quick. Stand up. Roll them shoulders back real quick. Get them, get the, the shoulder blades. Hey, you, you, come on, I see you. I see you. Yeah, there you go. Come on, get a good roll. Why don't you turn this way? Get the person in front of you a nice little, little patless karate chop action. That little Buzz Lightyear karate chop action. All right, turn to the opposite person. Return the favor. Little, little ah, ah, ah. That little ah, ah action. Okay, okay, okay. Face me. Give it that good. Oh, come on. Give it that good one right now. Touch the toes. Stretch the glutes and the, and the, and the ACLs and the... All right. Do you like the person you're sitting next to? If not, this is the one time you might want to switch. All right, have a seat. Have a seat. I just had to make sure you didn't get too comfortable and fall asleep on me. Uh, shout out the production team. Those are the videos and the lights. Come on. They're out there crushing it. And now there's all these lanterns with fire, like I'm not a walking fire hazard. Like now there's this pressure for me not to step on something and set this thing on fire. So pray for me. Uh, I was thinking about you guys, and I was praying for you. I know, right? I felt a little like Jesus there. I was like, let me pray for them. But this scripture came to me, and we actually went over it last night, but I want to reread it to you. Uh... Also, another side note, whoever the girl was on the keys, fabulous, whoever you are, you're awesome. Why can't my Bible work? Okay, so I was thinking about this scripture, and we read it yesterday, it's Psalms 139. If you still have it, do you have the slides from last night? Super cool slide, people. But I put this slide up last night, it's Psalms 139, and I was thinking about you, and I feel like... God put this on my heart for you guys tonight, and it said, was it 139? Was it 119? Yeah, it was 139. It was 139. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like this. The next verse, though, verse 14. Verse 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I don't know about you tonight. I don't know how you guys, I don't know where you're at mentally or emotionally or uh, how your summer's been going. But I pray that by the, oops, oh, that was my water. I thought it was a lantern. <laughs> thought I kicked a candle. But um, I pray that by the end of this week, you actually believe that verse. I pray that you actually leave here believing, like, in your core, like in, in your loins, wherever that is. <laughs> I pray that you believe that, that you believe that God made you fearfully and wonderfully. And fearfully isn't like, He's just scared to look at you. Like, have you, ever, have you ever had to do a project and you're like, I'm scared how this is going to turn out, but I'm going to shoot my shot with this, right? C's get degrees. Like, you're just trying. You ever have, like, a, a situation like that? I do it all the day. It's called parenting. I'm just hoping these kids don't need as much therapy as um, I'm going to have to pay for. It. But 
God doesn't treat and view you like that. Like when God makes you, he wasn't like hoping you work out. He wasn't, here goes nothing. Wow, there's Orion. Okay. That's not what he did. He uh, intentionally, he carefully thought through every detail of your, of your existence and of your being. And he looks at you and he says, you're wonderful. So do me a favor. Tell the, I need you to be God for a moment. Tell the person next to you and use your God voice. Say, you're wonderful. You scare me, Jesus. <laughs> Little brown-haired Jesus with the glasses scares me. All right, wonderful people. Turn in your B-I-B-L-E's or look to the screen. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. That's where we're going to start. And uh, if you don't have it, we got it from you for the, we got it for you on the Sky Bible. Cool. We're going to start at verse 24. How many of you guys have not read your Bible enough this summer? Like, you'll be honest. You're like, yeah, I'm kind of slacking. Okay. We're going to make up for that tonight. Don't you worry. Okay. I'm just trying to get you into the heaven, the front of the line for heaven. Acts 17, 24 says, then God, oh, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. What that means is um, you don't have to only interact with God at church or at church camp or at paintball slash church camp, whatever, you know, like that's not where he lives. It says, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. You're not doing God a favor by going to church or going to youth group or whatever. Rather, he himself gave everyone, he gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Everybody take a deep breath. You're welcome. God gave you that. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. So the person next to you say, God is close to you. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Okay, so I love this passage. So what, what the writer is talking about is he's trying to give context to who God is. Because at this time, a lot of people, and I'm sure you've never thought like this, but they thought like you got to be super spiritual to know God. Like you got to like follow your, you got to do your daily Bible plan, and you probably got to go to a Christian school, and you got to have Christian parents. There I go, burning the church down. Uh, and you got to like do all these things in order to be good enough, or spiritual enough, or Christian enough, or any of the things. And what he's saying is, is no, that's not it. Like there's nothing you could do on your own for God to love you more, want you more, think about you more. And you're not doing God a favor when you think about him. In fact, what he's saying is that the only reason you exist is because God desired you to exist. Kind of like what we talked about last night. Like the only reason you have a pulse is because you have a purpose by God. And the only reason you're born right now, like today, like the, way, the reason you're alive in, what year is this, 2022? I'm still in trauma. Like all of 2020 to whatever, like it's all a blur for me. I just mix it all together. But he's saying the only reason you're alive on July 25th, 2022 it's because you have a purpose for your life. 
and the family you're born into, no matter how crazy they are, how many of y'all got some crazy family members, like some, like, you're like, there's no way she's not adopted. You can't, right? That's how I feel about my sister. Oh, so he's saying, like, that's not an accident. He's saying it's not an accident about the family you live in. It's not an accident about the country you live in. It's not an accident about the year you're in. Like, it was all designed by God. I know what you guys are thinking. Dang, God, that's the best you could have did. Like, you could have made Elon Musk my dad. You know what I mean? Like, but he's saying, no, I have, a, I have a plan. I have a purpose for your life. It's intentional. So here's what makes it hard. Is how many of you ever feel like if your life was really designed by God, it should be a lot better than it is? Like, you're like, have you ever thought of that? Like, dang, God, that's the best you could do for me? Really? Oh, just three of us. The rest of you have perfect lives. Nothing goes wrong. Okay, well, you can go to sleep. This is for the three of us who are honest, okay? If you've ever felt like something in your life was wrong, if you've ever felt like somebody in your life was wrong, yeah, you're not alone. It's not just you. Now, now here's what's, here's what's kind of weird, though. Because there's other, there's other scriptures in the Bible uh, where the Bible says that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. So you're kind of like, well, how does that work out for kids whose parents died when they were young? How many of you guys know someone who doesn't have parents? How many, I mean, how many of you, is that, that, that's not, that doesn't sound like a good plan to me, God, like, right? How many of you know, um, I mean, it's only night two, but let's just go there. How many of you guys know someone Maybe at your school or at another school, and they were a teenager and they committed suicide. Or maybe they self-harm. So if all these things are going on, there has to be this, the natural question is like, where is God? Well, notice what he says. Verse 27. It says that God appointed all these things, and he did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. Everything that happens in your life is not designed to break you or to pull you away from God. It's actually designed to push you closer to him. Everything that happens in your life is designed to push you closer to God. Why? Because when you realize, see, when you, I'm just hitting everything. I'm a danger to myself. What happens is, as you live life, what you start to realize, what you start to come find out, have you guys have ever been disappointed by someone? Okay, cool. Most of us, cool. Here's what, here's what I believe this is supposed to do. It's supposed to push you to stop depending on creation and to start depending on your creator. It's supposed to push you to realize that the only consistent, sustainable force or being in existence has to be God. Because my parents, as amazing as, as they are or as unamazing, depending on your perspective this week, they're going to let you down. Your best friend who we were loving yesterday, keep living. She's going to let you down. He's going to let you down. Your sport, whatever coach, you're going to be let down. But... It's not designed to break you. It's designed to push you towards God. And we'll talk about that this week. But here's one thing that I find will, will break us quicker or, or that will, will get in the way of us seeing what God is doing in our lives faster than anything else. 
It's, I don't know if you've ever done this. Um, have you ever found yourself, I don't have a phone on me, but anybody ever, anybody ever do this thing at night where you can't go to sleep, so you just start scrolling? Is that just me? You just start scrolling? And, 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 and it gets so bad now because there's so many things to scroll through, right? You could be on Insta. You could be on Finsta. You could be on Tic-Tac-Talk, whatever. You could be on uh, Chat, Snap. You could be on Twitter. You could be on MySpace. You could be on LinkedIn. Any, any LinkedIn accounts? Y'all aren't focused. <laughs> and, and, and here's what I find interesting about all, interesting about all those platforms. They're all designed for you to become aware, if not obsessed, with everyone else's life while becoming more and more discontent with your own. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever been having, like, a pretty good day, and you're like, I'm feeling pretty good, like, had a pretty good day? And then you go on Insta, and you see Kylie Jenner's having a better day than your day? You're like, man, I felt good riding in my air-conditioned car. And then I saw Kylie, I saw Kylie get on a private jet. And now I'm like, Mom, why are we so poor? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but have you just ever, have you ever been like, it was good until I saw someone else's life that was better? <laughs> anybody ever, anybody ever? Okay. This, this is something that has been happening since the beginning of time. Like, this is older than just the social media area. This is older than... Uh, your parents, the boomers, whatever. Like, this has been happening a long time. I want to show you something in the Bible. You guys, remember we talked about our homie David, the poet? Okay, okay. I, w- I want to show you. So, David, I don't have time to go through his whole thing, but David became really famous because uh, he got in this fight, and he killed a grown man as a teenager, okay? Now, I'm not encouraging violence at RBR, but David was a thug, Okay. And David, he, uh, he kills this, this huge, savage beast of a man, and he becomes pretty famous for it. Like, he's a celebrity. And this was with no social media, no Twitter, no followers. Like, everybody just, like, he was a real-life influencer, not just social media, right? He wasn't buying followers. And then something interesting happened. So the king at that time, he was thankful for David because David saved his life. And I'm going to show you what happens. First Samuel chapter 18. If I can find it. Well, you have it up here. Let's just read it from there. Okay. So, this is, so after David had finished talking to Saul, so Saul's the king. Jonathan is the king's son. Y'all got it? Y'all tracking? Okay. So after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. Somebody say best friend. That's best friend goals, right? Like, you just love him as much as yourself. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, the girl who's like, he's taken. Talking about our homie Thomas yesterday. <laughs> she ain't letting you home, bro. <laughs> and Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. They are best friends for real, okay? This is the bro. Jonathan took off the robe. Was it Gucci? Was it Louis? We'll never know. He was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. He just gave David all the things. 
How many of y'all need a best friend like that? Like, just give it to me all. Give it all. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. So this dude's a winner. Ladies, find you a man who's a winner, okay? This plea... <laughs> she said, it's on my bucket list. Oh, my gosh. I like her. Okay. This pleased all the troops and Saul's... Office. Okay, okay. So David is winning. Everybody say winning. David is winning at life, okay? So David is, he's that guy right now, okay? If he goes to class, he gets straight A's. He, if he gets in a fight, he beats everybody up. If, if he, whatever, if he plays Fortnite, he goes under, like, whatever he does, he just wins, okay? So then, next verse, when the men returned home after David had killed the Philistine, I told you he was a killer. He was a poet, but he was a killer too. The women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. And they dance, as they danced, they sang, Saul is slain his thousands and David is tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. Somebody say he's in his feelings. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands? What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Okay, stop right there. Think about this scenario. David did Saul a favor. Because Saul wasn't about to fight the big dude by himself. He was scared. So he said, David, you do it. So David was like, all right, bet. So David did it. And then at first Saul was like, yes. But then Saul, how everybody else started hyping up David and he started getting his feelings like, well, what about me? I mean, he's not even all that. He's not even that good. Girls, y'all ever notice when, like, if there's a new boy that transfers to the school, all the other boys start hating? They're like, he ain't even all that. He ain't even really that good. They try to make fun of him and stuff. Ugh, haters. Okay. So if you think about it, Saul really had nothing to be upset about. Because go back to the... One slide before that. They said Saul has slain his thousands. There's nothing wrong with killing thousands. I mean, there is something wrong with killing thousands of people, but not if they're your enemy. <laughs> Got to preface that. That sounded bad. <laughs> what did you learn from RVR? I can kill thousands of people and God will be proud. You know, no, no. But if you think about it, like, like, like they were giving Saul his credit. They said, hey, you're crushing it. She's just crushing him more. And Saul started to feel a type of way. I don't know about you. But if, if I've done anything in the thousands, if I made thousands of dollars, if I was an, a warrior and I killed thousands of people, I would feel like the guy. Like, that's, like, I would just be like, I mean, thousands is still bigger than none. But notice how he gets so discontent with what he's done in his life because he starts comparing it to what someone else has done in their life. It, it kind of goes back to like that IG thing. Like, like you could be very happy. You could be very content with your life. Like, I mean, at least you got a phone. Well, it's not the 13 Max Pro. But it works. So, 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 so Saul starts being disconnected and then it gets worse. Check this out. So then... Next verse, and then the next verse, 
The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Paul. I want to clarify this. This isn't like God has an evil spirit. It's that he's allowed an evil spirit to come. Like, he allowed this to happen. He came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lark. Oh, my gosh. He's a musician, too. He writes poetry. He kills bad guys. And he, and he can play instruments. Ladies, find you a man who can do all three, okay? You got to be a killer, a Christian, and a poet. I don't know where you're going to find that guy, but you're welcome. So David was playing as usual. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. <gasps> but David eluded him twice. Okay, this is the only part of the Bible I don't understand. Because the first time somebody tries to kill me, I'm not going back to their house. That's just me. But David eluded him. So Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David but had departed from Saul. <sighs> Here's what I think is the worst thing about comparison. This is what comparison does. Comparison robs you of seeing yourself in the image of God. And it causes you to criticize others instead of celebrating them. Have you ever met somebody that's super critical? Have you ever met somebody like that? They're not really the funnest person to be around. Oh my gosh, let's go to In-N-Out. Oh, y'all don't have In-N-Out out here. Okay. Um, five Guys. Y'all heard of Five Guys? Okay, okay, okay. Anybody ever like, hey, let's go to Five Guys for dinner? I don't like their fries. They're too spicy. I'm just saying. You're like, okay, it's too expensive. I'll pay for you. I'd rather go to Red Robin. Ugh. Like, no matter what. Have you ever met somebody that nothing is ever good enough for them? Like, nothing is ever good enough. It could be a coach. It could be a, 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 a friend. It could be a sibling. Like, no matter what, it's never enough. Here, here, here's what sucks about that, is that when you're constantly criticizing what you don't have or what someone else isn't doing good enough at or what you wish would be different, you never get to enjoy what's already in front of you. You never do. Because criticism robs you of your joy. It does. You can't be critical and joyful at the same time. You're going to be one or the other. But I found this secret out. And it took me a long time. I'm 32 years old, and I just figured this out not too long ago. Life is much more enjoyable when you celebrate rather than criticize. It's just so much more fun. Like, you get, you know, I came out here to Maryland, and it's hot, and it's humid, and I can complain about these weird bugs that I've never seen in my life that y'all got out here that I swear are going to kill me. Or I can complain about your bad airport service. Or the fact that none of y'all can hoop. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. JK, JK. Somebody got sensitive. Or somebody just woke up to you like, what you mean I can't hoop, man? I was, it was an off day. What are you talking about? Or I could celebrate the fact that, oh, this humidity does wonders for my skin. It's exfoliating. I feel great. Didn't even put on no lotion today. Just let the, let the sweat glisten me. Who needs oil? Some of y'all like, you need some baby lotion, bro. Them, ah, them ankles. <laughs> but, but do you get the difference? Like when you just choose to celebrate, life is just much more enjoyable. 
I guarantee you, your summer would go so much better if you celebrated every day instead of criticizing or complaining. Ugh, there's nothing to do this summer. Keep saying that when you start school. You're going to be wishing you had summer again. I hate my school. <laughs> go back home and your mom's nagging you to clean up every day. And be like, I can't wait to get to fourth period. I just can't wait. <laughs> like, whatever you choose to celebrate, here, 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 here's what I, here, write this down. Your joy is your choice. Your joy is your choice. Meaning how well you enjoy life is based on your perspective. Because your perspective will either be your prison or your passport. Who knows what a passport is? Who's got a passport? I got passports. You got passports? Okay. Somebody shout out. What's a passport? What does a passport mean? Identification. What's the point of a passport? It lets you get what? It gets you in, into other what? It lets you get into other countries. Okay. Okay. A, good, a healthy perspective, a, celebrate, a celebratory or a, a, a positive perspective allows you to get into other countries within your own life. What do I mean by that? I, um, one time... This one time at band camp. No, I'm just kidding. I've never been to band camp. But it sounds amazing. I believe it. So, so, so true story. One time, um, I, I got invited to, to this meeting, okay? Pastors always got to go to meetings. And well, usually they're not really fun. But I got invited to this meeting. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. So I show up to this meeting. And uh, hey, whoever the uh, amazing keys player lady, can you come back up here? I'm about to land this. And you just make me feel... Just so good. I feel like you bring Jesus into the room. Okay. So, so I got invited to this meeting, and I, I, at first I didn't want to go, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to go. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Perspective. So I got invited to this meeting at this college, and I show up, and I'm the only one there. You know how awkward that is? Have you ever, it's like getting invited to a party and you show up and it's just you and the homeschool kid. You're just like, oh. <laughs> what am I going to do? So, so I go to this party. I mean, I go to this party. I go to this meeting. I got to myself, talk myself into believing it was a party. And uh, it's, this, it's this organizer, this school. It's this president of the school and all these people. And they're like, we invited all the youth pastors in the area to come, but you're the only one that showed up. And I was like, oh, cool. I think. Right? Like. And so we start talking, and um, they wanted to hear my perspective on ways they could make the school better. I didn't even go to this school. It was a college university. And so we start talking and uh, exchanging, and we, they start asking me these questions, so I start answering the questions. And then next thing I know, they're trying to offer me a job at the university. Now, here's, here's a fun fact. I didn't even finish college. And this college is trying to make me in charge of stuff at their school. And the only reason that door opened was because I chose in my mind at first to say yes to something that everyone else said no to. It was like, I don't feel like going to another meeting. I was like, hey, why not? I might be able to meet some new people. That's the point of meetings, right? To meet people. And I didn't know I would meet people that would be influencers and that could change things. And it blew my mind. And there's been times and times again that I've, I've said yes to things that other people would have passed on. And it's gotten me um, 
free trips to other countries. It's, it's just open. It's literally given me stamps on my passport all because of my perspective. Now, here's what I want to know for you. What are some things that God has put in your life that you might be feeling meh about or you might be criticizing or that you might not have the right attitude about? And God's just saying, if you would shift your perspective, you might find a blessing that's waiting for you on the other side of that. And uh, here's what I think the saddest thing is about Saul in that, in that situation with David. God was so disappointed in Saul's attitude and his treatment of David that uh, a couple chapters later, Saul ends up dying. Spoiler alert, sorry. And uh, David eventually becomes the new king. But what could have been different in the story if instead of criticizing David, Saul had celebrated him, had partnered with him, had befriended him? How much different could his life have been? Here's what I want to ask you about your life. What are some friends that you've missed out on because instead of looking for ways to celebrate them, you made fun of them or you ignored them? Or you made up in your mind before you even gave them a chance that they wouldn't like me. You compared yourself. What are some things in your life that God want, that is, he's blessed you with that you take for granted? Maybe your parents. Maybe your family. Maybe this week at RVR. Don't miss out on blessings that God's given you because you're too busy criticizing, complaining, or comparing. Sound good? All right, stand up. Last thing I want to leave you with. I found this to be true. Um, what's the most powerful voice in existence? God's? I don't think so. I don't think so. I know. You're like, what kind of pastor is he? <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because all through this book, God is telling you how much he loves you. He's telling you how amazing you are. He's telling you how beautifully and wonderfully you're made. It's, it's over here. It's over and over in this book. It says that. And it's the voice of God. But it's ineffective if you don't choose to believe it for yourself. So the most powerful voice in existence is actually the voice you listen to. If God's saying, I'm proud of you, you're amazing, I made you beautifully, you're wonderfully made, you're perfect, but your voice is like, my ankles are too skinny. My lips aren't plump enough. My eyebrows are, ugh, you know? If, if, if that's the voice you listen to, that's going to be the most powerful voice in your life. And it'll block off and stop all the truth that God is trying to speak over you. So if God is telling you, hey, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm so, so proud of you. And you're scrolling through Instagram like, no one's proud of me. My last post got three likes and one of them was mine. <laughs> Anybody ever had to do that? Like, let me just, I'm going to just give it one just to get the momentum started. 
My prayer for you this week is that you actually do let God's, you allow God's voice to be the most powerful voice in your life. That's my prayer for you this week. Let me pray with you. God, I thank you for every single student in this place. I thank you that they're not here by accident. I thank you that, uh, man, you planned this from the beginning of time. You said on July 20, whatever it is, you, they want, you want them to come to RVR camp so they can be reminded or maybe they can learn for the first time how you, how you view them. And even more importantly than that, you want them to view themselves the way that you view them. Not only do you want to speak to them, but you want them to actually believe your voice. So I pray, God, for every single student, even every single staff member. Maybe there are staff members that are here that are still struggling to believe that they're made in the image of you. I pray that we all leave here with a clear perspective of ourselves, that we don't live our life comparing ourselves and feeling inadequate or, or comparing ourselves so that we can feel better about ourselves, but that we feel content and confident knowing that we are made in the image of you. Let that shape our perspective. Let that shape our lives and let it affect the way that we view others, that we have brothers and sisters who we can celebrate. We don't need to criticize. We don't need to compare. We don't need to try to make ourselves feel better by bringing them down. We don't have to be insecure by thinking they're somewhere we'll never be. We can be content and secure in knowing who we are because we know whose we are. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.